Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by one of our team members, Sarah Humes, and we're going to talk about hurry sickness today. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, and we, I, before we dive into this, I want to tell you guys, the reason we're talking about this right now in the summer, when you might be saying, oh, you know, things actually aren't too crazy right now is exactly because of that, because this is a time in the summer when things are a little less crazy, where you might actually have the space to stop and think about this and hopefully put some habits in place now that can carry you into the school year. So don't think, oh, you know, I'm doing better right now. I don't need this. This is the perfect time to think about this. And as Sarah and I were just even reflecting, we're like, we need this. It's something we can always, (laughs) always revisit. So Sarah, why don't we start by talking about what exactly is hurry sickness and where did this concept come from? Yeah. So hurry sickness, um, I first learned about it from a book that has actually gained quite a bit of traction over the last few years, but it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's written by John Mark Comer. And so there's what hurry sickness essentially is, is a list of symptoms that you may be experiencing, but they have a couple definitions listed in the book that I thought I would share. Um, And the first one is a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, (laughs) (laughs) which is just about everyone in, in the United States. I think. <laughs> but um, there's another one here that says a continuous struggle, struggle and unremitting attempt to accomplish or achieve more and more things or participate in more and more events using <laughs> less and less time. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is something I think it sums up education very well. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, doing more and more in less time. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And so why do you feel like, or what maybe more when we learn from this book, which by the way, we'll link to the book and the notes for this uh, episode, which is teachfortheheart.com slash one eight seven. But let's talk for a second about why is hurry? Why is this a problem? <laughs> what are the symptoms and why is this a problem? Yeah. So One of the things that they said in the book that really just, you know, how sometimes a certain sentence will like pierce your soul and you're like, oh man, I understand that. They, they said that hurry is a form of violence against our souls. Hmm. Explain that. Yeah. Just like our souls were never created. Our, our whole being was never created to go and go and go and if we don't take that time, which we'll, we'll talk about some solutions, but if we don't learn how to use these solutions to, to pause a few times during our day, our soul experiences that weariness that I think collectively we all are experiencing. Like our soul feels beaten up. It feels taken advantage of because we're not giving it what it needs. Yeah. 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 And just, you know, and, and in the field of education, we have such an important job to do. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that's why I was so pulled towards this because I know that being an educator, being someone who 
influences young people in the world that my soul needs to be taken care of so I can do the best work for the people that God has called me to minister to. Yeah, 100%, right? If our soul is restless and you know, anxious, it's so much harder to pour into our students. And sometimes we just even can't, <laughs> it's yeah. just, you know, it's just not there. Yeah. So I think, I think it's pretty easy for all of us to see. I think it almost immediately resonates and I don't know, it did in my soul. Like, yes, this hurrying culture and hurrying hap- like hurrying from place to place, packing more in always busy. I think it's pretty, pretty easy to see when we step back and like, this is not really good, but yeah it feels almost impossible not to hurry, right? Especially during the school year. Maybe it's like, okay, I can rest a little in the summer, but during the school year, it's just insane. So what are some things you've learned either from the book or from your own life that have helped you to combat this a bit? Well, one of the first things is just really practical. And that is, if I am aware of when I'm going too fast, then I can combat against the symptoms of hurry sickness, which um, we can we can go through all of them, but one of the very first ones is irritability. And I don't know about you, but I really am not a fan of being irritable. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and and that's both with with my kids. It's when I'm you know with students. It's with my husband, my friends. I don't want to be irritable. I don't want to be like someone that is making the world a miserable place. And so when I realize that my hurry is making me irritable, I tend to automatically want to slow down. Um, now that's come with practice. It wasn't necessarily always that way. <laughs> Sometimes I would just push through and just get more and more grumpy, but um, you know, it just, it's really, it's really just encouraging to know that my irritability or my restlessness, um, those things can be taken care of just by slowing down. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Right. I mean, we some sometimes don't even realize that those are, you know, that that's connected, that that's why some of that is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have more symptoms we want to talk or should we talk some about how we can slow down? Sure. I'll just go through the list real quick. Yeah. That'd be great. And then we can talk about practically how we combat these. And I get so excited about that. Um, so we have, you know, irritability. Um, another one that they listed was hypersensitivity, <laughs> which I think we can see that all you have to do is look at social media and someone takes what you typed to me, you know, totally out of context. Um, and that just, I think those two kind of really tie together. Um, you know, that restlessness when you just, need to sit down, but you can't because you're like, there's more, there's more, there's more, um, work, you know, being a workaholic, which that is my natural tendency. I love to just work all the time, but I'm learning that I do much better work if I'm not working all the time. Um, some of the other ones that are a little bit more difficult to notice, but you become better at noticing them as you study this is emotional numbness. Um, I always think about those, those times when I have a lot going on and I just want to play like candy crush or something, (laughs) you know, like we just want to numb out or, you know, you hear people like binge watching like 10 hours of Netflix and, and that's just numbing out emotionally. Um, and then out of order priorities, like, you know, we talked a lot 
here at Teach for the Heart about, you know, learning how to prioritize our things. And how many times have we heard people say, well, everything's important. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's not true. Like we have to learn to fight back with those excuses with truth. Like not everything is of equal importance. Um, okay. So the next one is really hard to hear. Um, especially for me during the summer, I do a much better job of being on a, on a good care schedule during the school year. So when I'm on this, when I'm on a summer schedule, this is not great, but it's lack of care for your body. Hmm. So, you know, when you're not eating healthy home cooked meals, when you're taking melatonin to go to sleep and, you know, kicking back three Red Bulls to get through the day. (laughs) (laughs) And always that just makes me so nervous, but you, you know, you see people doing that. Um, you know, they're not, they're not exercising or even getting a decent amount of sleep. Like sleep is just such a a good way to care for our body. And we, in this culture, we definitely undervalue the importance of sleep. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the slippage of spiritual disciplines, you know, that's like one of the very first things, like if you aren't, you know, if we're claiming that we're following Christ, but we are too, I'm using air quotes here, busy to pray with your family, to read the Bible, to observe a Sabbath or to worship on Sunday. Um, that's de- a definite sign. And, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. Um, and as a result, the last one that they listed here was isolation. And I was just listening to a podcast not too long ago where it talked about the fact that loneliness is becoming a new pandemic in our world. And isolation is is part of that. You know, like when we are so committed to doing our to-do list or checking everything off and we can't sit down and have a front porch moment with a friend, that that's heartbreaking. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And 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 I want everyone to know the reason that we're putting these symptoms out there is because it's very helpful to recognize, okay, like sometimes these things just become habits and we're just like, this is just how it is. And to stop and recognize like, this isn't really good. Like this is, this is a big issue. I think sometimes in order to make a change, we have to recognize what's at stake. Right. And so recognizing like, wow, like these are, these are important things we're talking about here. Like these are things we really don't want to be part of our lives. Um, but it can so easily creep in. And so I don't know, just, just really recognizing, okay, this is, this is not what I want. You know, I, I don't, I don't want it to be like this. Um, can give us the impetus to make some changes because we're going to talk about some changes um, that are kind of simple, but not necessarily easy, right? They, they take a lot of um, prioritization and, and intentionality. They um, do. And, you know, I just, um, I, I just think like, it is so exciting to think that even though, and this is truly the gospel, right? Like we feel hopeless, but God gives us solutions, And, you know, and, and I just think that this is, you know, another way of seeing God's glory working in our lives when we're like, oh, I feel, I feel this, like, just like we feel the the heaviness of our sins at times. Now we feel the heaviness of, oh, this, this hurry sickness, but there's a solution. And that's so exciting. 
All right, let's talk about it. What are some of the ways um, that we can combat this, that we can seek to not be buried by busyness and hurrying and scurrying continually? Well, in the book, um, uh, John Mark Homer gives four key principles, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. And, um, you know, he does the alliteration to make it all easy to remember, (laughs) but I just, I love, um, I love adding the, these into my life. And I think even though it's listed last, I think the most practical one to start with is slowing. Um, because I have, this is something that I, I have really taken to heart and there's, he lists like 25 different ways to practice slowing in your life. Um, but the fun thing is like some of these are super practical and they're really fun um, just to teach yourself to slow down. Uh, and one of the first ones he suggested was driving the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> like so many of us just want to speed, speed, speed. Um, but now I am that driver who has my cruise control set at 55, uh, you know, and I'm just enjoying the ride. And it's so much more fun as odd as that sounds. <laughs> So is the point of slowing to like almost purposely slow yourself down so that rather than rushing or being in a hurry, like you're kind of making an intentional choice to take your time? Is that yes, the idea? That's exactly okay. the idea. It's it's almost like when we're fasting, you know, we're purposely choosing not to partake in food or, you know, whatever we're fasting from. So slowing is specifically making decisions that help us not to hurry. Um, he also talks about just another really super practical one of getting into the the slow lane, like whether you're at the drive-thru at the bank or, you know, every Walmart has that one checkout person that's just super slow <laughs> and they just, you know, like the sloth in Zootopia, <laughs> but, you know, just, just little things like that, that we can do to just remind ourselves that we don't always have to be in a frantic hurry. Um, you know, getting in the, in that longest line at the grocery store or <laughs> coming to a full stop at stop signs. Um, I'm currently teaching my 16 year old how to drive. And I'm always like, you're supposed to like kind of count to three when you're at these stop signs, you know, and we forget about that, but those three seconds can feel so long, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just another way that we can just tell our, tell our bodies, tell our pace. We don't have to go so fast. Okay. So I am going to say what I know a lot of people are thinking, because as you're saying this, the stress level in my body is like (laughs) rising at the thought of wasting time in the longest line and like waiting. And I think, but I think that tell me, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I think that's just showing symptomatic of the issue, right? That like, we can't, the thought of even slowing down and spending time waiting is like stressful. Like that's, yeah. an, that's a problem, right? It so like, it's like we're so uncomfortable. forcing ourselves to accept and, and to change the way we think, right? Is that, is that kind of the goal? Can you, can is, you convince yes. us a little bit of why this is valuable? <laughs> yeah. So honestly, when we, you know, just like anything, like if we're trying to eat healthier that means that we are going to have to, for a long time, probably abstain from whatever foods we could really just eat all day, you know? So what we're doing is we are, um, 
we're just really teaching ourselves that the opposite. And when we do that, I almost like to gamify it in my mind as sometimes, and it just makes my day more joyful too. So I'm like, okay, can I sit here for three seconds without getting uncomfortable? Um, and it's just a little, a little way to push back counterculturally and people will notice people like I, I find that people are always like a little confused when I'm smiling in the grocery store or if, um, in, in school, because I would get to school early instead of rushing in at the last moment, I was able to have like really authentic smiles on my face. And people are like, why are you so happy this morning? (laughs) So yeah, it just, it really, it really does make a difference when we can do that. And, you know, he also just talks about things like journaling um, and, you know, meditating on scripture and instead of multitasking, single tasking, which once again, sounds so counterproductive, but the more that we actually give our attention and our focus on what we're doing, I'm finding that like my work has higher quality. I feel more relaxed and joyful when I'm working. There's just so many little benefits. Yes. Okay. This is making a lot more sense as I'm processing through this because it's not as if the two extra minutes or the five extra minutes that we're spending in the grocery line are coming directly out of really productive time. Like we're probably just going to like, right. Like we're just probably going to waste that time. We're just going to be like messing around on our phone. Like, like we're not like the benefits of, of, of calming our soul are worth more than the couple minutes that we might save rushing, right? Like driving the speed limit. Are we really saving that much time by driving, you know, five minutes above the speed limit? Probably not. Right. So it's just, it's not about the amount of time. It's about the intentionality being worth more than that. Especially if you don't really have to be anywhere, you're not running late. You just, you know, I think that's the problem, right? Like we hurry all the time. We do. We hurry. There are times when you need to hurry, but there are times where it shouldn't be the, the default setting. Right. Exactly. Yeah, like we don't want to, we don't want to just be running ourselves ragged constantly. That and makes that, so much sense. Yeah. And that's the other thing is just that, that margin of, you know, intentionally slowing your life down. Um, yeah. Let's talk about margin for a little bit. Cause I, I think this is such a helpful concept. Yeah. Um, I can honestly say that I have built just beautiful moments of margin into my life at this point. And, um, we just moved to a new area and so I'm learning my way around. So that means that sometimes when I'm going somewhere, I absolutely have to leave 15 minutes early, um, just to know where I'm going. (laughs) But as once, but now that I'm learning my way and I know how to get places, I'm still leaving at the same time because now I have time to talk to my kids in the car. I might listen to a little bit of an audiobook or read one of my library books. I often will just pull up the Bible app on my phone and read a few verses. Like these moments of margin that I have now created just, you know, from making appointments on time have really become where I notice things like I'll notice the smell of lilacs in the spring. Like, and I know that sounds like really I don't know, almost like hokey or poetic, but that scent of lilacs in the spring this year was, it really was like a bomb to my soul. And I just felt like happy every time I smelled it. And, 
you know, the, the conversations I have had with my children in the car, now that we might have to wait before we go in somewhere, there's no, nothing that could compare to that. It is just truly straight up a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. When we're not in a hurry, there's time, there's space for that. Yeah. And just to clarify everyone, like when you say margin, what you're meaning is building space. Like when you think of a margin on a paper, right? It's extra space at the edge, building space in our lives where I'm not arriving the moment I have to be there. I'm arriving five minutes, 10 minutes early. Yeah. Uh, margin can also, we can also build margin like a lot of other ways. Like we can build margin in our to-dos where instead of, you know, having, you know, trying to do something the moment it has to be done where we finish things a day or two early so that if something comes up, we have space. Like there's so many ways. Um, building margin and just extra space so that we don't literally jam pack every moment of our day. There's space for things because things are going to go wrong, right? The things are going to come up. Things are going to go wrong. (laughs) And when we have no margin, when we have no extra space in our day, it's just like this domino effect. When we have space planned, when we don't jam pack things back to back to back to back, then it just really, really helps in a lot of ways. (laughs) It does. And it's just, I don't know. I just find life to be so much more enjoyable And um, just one other way that we practice slowing in our family is we have within the last three years, we have just really started camping. And I mean, like tent camping, you cannot do anything fast when you're camping. (laughs) Like everything from like cooking to actually this last weekend, my husband and I, for the very first time in all of our camping trips, set up our tent without anything going wrong. That has never (laughs) happened. (laughs) And so you just learn this way of, of practicing. And, and once again, it's just those moments that, um, remind us that it's okay for life to be a little bit more simple and, you know, we're not rushing to catch a plane. We're not, you know, making sure that we return our rental car on time, all these things. We're just in the woods. And, and those have been some of our greatest family memories. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So slowing. Yes. Wonderful. What's next? Um, so I'm going to kind of cover this one a little quicker because actually we have done somewhat of a podcast on this before and that's simplicity. Um, our family tends to lean towards like a minimalist kind of lifestyle. And I think that simplicity is just embracing that, like learning how to grow a garden that takes time learning how to, my grandma has been trying to teach me how to sew. And, you know, I could just go to the store and buy a really cute dress, or I could slow down enough to learn the simple, you know, I'm using the word simple in quotes again, because it's not necessarily easy. It's just a different kind of lifestyle um, where we're learning how to sew and and cook. And I love just taking the time to chop my own vegetables and really notice the way they smell, what they look like that those simplicity habits really help us to be in the now. And one of the things I love is that anxiety and worry typically don't follow us into the now. (laughs) Cause Mm -hmm. if we're thinking about it, we're like, right now I'm okay. I'm just sitting here talking to Linda or I'm just chopping my vegetables. And so if I'm just staying in the moment, then I'm not all stressed out about what might happen. Or I'm not thinking about, you know, my embarrassing ninth grade public speaking class. I'm thinking about 
right now where things are good. And I think that's the beauty of simplicity. It just helps us to stay in that moment. And we'll, we'll link to that episode. That's episode 132, where we, we have that conversation, I believe. Um, so we'll link to that in the show notes for this, or you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash 132 if you want to go back and listen to that conversation. You know, before we move on to the third one, I want to kind of just pause a second because once again, I want to recognize some of you might be feeling, okay, this sounds really nice. But I don't have time for this. Yes. <laughs> but I think I think it's an important mindset shift to realize, like, no, even no matter how good you are at productivity, and we're going to give you some tips, some resources at the end to help you, you know, get be more productive in your teacher's life and all that. But like, no matter how good you are at productivity or not, you know, all that, at the end of the day, there is always stuff to do. Like there is always Mm -hmm. a lot that feels like we should be doing, especially if that's how we live our life. And I think part of the point, tell me if if I'm on the right track here, Sarah, I think part of the point is that if we want our life to not be such a hurried, busy pace, yes, we should be looking to, you know, streamline our tasks and not do as much like that's part of that. But if you wait until, oh, I have an, I have few enough tasks that I'm not hurried, <laughs> that will literally never happen. But like you have to, <laughs> you, you have to choose. This is my pace of life. And then let your work kind of fill in the space you choose to give it. Right. Like you kind yes. of have to choose this. You can't wait. Cause it, like, it was just, it's just not, it just never happens. There's always more work to do <laughs> literally. There always. always. <laughs> and there's actually, I cannot remember the name of the law, but there's a law that says, if you give yourself um, like a scientific law, if you give yourself 30 minutes to complete a task, you'll take the 30 minutes. If you give yourself three hours for that same task, it'll take the three hours. Yes. And so, I forget the name of it. It's work expands to fill the time you allow it. Oh, like that's, yes, that's yes. what it's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I find that to be so true. And, um, you know, I just, I don't want, like, even though I tend to like, in, you know, be a workaholic, I've come to this point of, realizing I don't want to work 24 seven. I want to be with, with the Lord. I want to be with my family. I want to have fun. I want to go for hikes. I want to, you know, do the things that, that fill me up. And if we're constantly committed to that work, then we're not going to have the other things that God intended for us to have as well. I love that. 100%. Okay. So we talked about slowing. We talked about simplicity. Um, What's next? Um, silence and solitude, which do you know, um, uh, there, there was a quote by uh, a philosopher. His name was Blaine. I, um, I might have to pull it up here in a minute, but, but he said that one of man's greatest problems is the inability to sit alone with his thoughts. Hmm. And I had mentioned this to my 10th graders, um, one time during, during a class, And I had one girl look at me with just this pure look of terror and say, I would rather do anything than sit in a quiet room by myself. Hmm. I mean, she just was, she, she was like, I'm, I'm afraid of my own thoughts. And that just broke my heart. And it made me that much more committed to being a good example to my students, to my family, Um, because learning to just to sit in silence first of all, it is very countercultural. Um, but I also have learned to like, love to push against that and almost purposely waste time. <laughs> <laughs> like the other day I was just, um, 
I was waiting for my daughter who was an appointment and there was a million things I needed to do, but I actually just sat down and was like counting the blades of grass for fun, just to be more still instead of, you know, constantly going. And it was underneath this beautiful tree. It was, it was honestly like one of my favorite moments of that day, (laughs) which reminds me of when I was a little kid. And I think that's the beauty. If you watch kids know how to do these things, they know how to be slow. They know how to appreciate the simple. They know how to be by themselves and have fun. They know how to just sit there and, and just take it all in. Yeah. This one really resonates with me because I've noticed even particularly recently, I have trouble just being still. Mm-hmm. I even have trouble being still when I'm doing something. So I will be like cooking dinner and I'll be like, I need to listen to a podcast or like be like, like thinking about something or like, and it's just really hard sometimes to just be like, no, I don't need to go on my phone. I don't need to read something. I, like, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause I've, I've felt the lack of quiet in my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, I think it's tricky. It's a little bit tricky to say, I want to introduce a lack. You know what I mean? Like, cause yes. you're just like this, like, what am I, I, you know, what's the problem? The problem is I'm not having nothing. You know, it's, 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 it's a little bit weird. It feels weird to be like, I need to prioritize nothing. <laughs> yeah. I need to prioritize nothing happening. But I think, so when I, when I saw this on your notes, I was like, yes, yeah. like that is, I'm feeling in my soul, this is important, you know, to just have some of that space. And I'll tell Um, you, this is, this is really a struggle for me. And I have a feeling that maybe this might be similar for you. I value education and so much of mm -hmm. how I do my education is through podcasts, um, is through YouTube videos is through like, I love learning about all the things and part of seeking this, um, this life that's pushing against that is recognizing that I don't have to learn it all, even though I want to, (laughs) you know, I don't have to like know all the, all the things I can just have moments of quiet. And and that has really, sometimes I still struggle against that because I really, I like learning. I like hearing people's thoughts. I like getting to know people and in order to have some silence and solitude, I have to just say, I like that, but this is better. Yeah. Yeah. And each in its place, right. Just having, even if it's just a little bit. And I yes. find too, like our actually, once again, like convincing ourselves of this, that this is valuable. I think our, both our minds and our souls need this. Our souls need solitude and silence sometimes to, to be able to commune with God. It's space for us to talk to God and God to talk to us. I don't know. Like some, sometimes our, our hearts will turn towards prayer or, or hearing from God in that time. Other times I think is when we do some actually deep thinking, like our minds, when it actually has space to think can solve some of the problems that have been plaguing us. Like you might come up with a really good idea for what to do in your classroom with a certain problem or something with your family. Like sometimes, sometimes that is when, like, sometimes we think I got to listen to all this stuff to find an idea. And and it's good to do that. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. I'm glad you are. But, um, but sometimes those answers come in quiet. And when we just let our mind wander and don't have anything we have to be doing. Yes. And we get really creative during those times. And, um, I, I often feel like that is when the best of me shows up and and it's just exciting. So, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing us all, all this with us. I think we have one more to cover, right? Is that Sabbath? Yes. Sabbath. And, um, I will tell you that I, 
this book was worth the read just to hear his thoughts on Sabbath, because I always thought Sabbath, um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so like, I really didn't have a lot of examples of people living out Sabbath. And I will tell you that I love the way that he talks about Sabbath being a time where we can be delighted with the Lord. We can worship, we can connect. It's not just sitting there being bored for hours, <laughs> which sometimes like if, you know, if we're honest, like that's what we think Sabbath is. Um, and just intentionally being like, and honestly, like when we think about it, like we're going to think, okay, that feels completely impossible to set a day completely aside for rest to connect with the Lord, you know, all these things. And we think it's impossible, but it just, I always like to go along with this rule that says I get, I can give myself one. Yeah. But when I'm pushing against something new (laughs) and, and if I just give myself one and you know, whatever. Yeah. But this weekend I have this. Okay. So yeah, I'm still going to go to, you know, whatever the event that I might need to go to is. But then when I get home, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to sit down and play a game with my family. I'm going to just enjoy like sitting with my animals or, you know, there's just little moments that God has orchestrated for joy in our lives that unless we're Sabbathing, sometimes I think we miss out on them. Yeah. I love that. In your family, do you have a certain set time of the week that you observe Sabbath? So we do, um, and actually our life, our life has kind of changed. Um, but we started doing Sabbath on Friday nights into Saturday nights because that worked with our schedule. Um, we used to live at a dorm and we did not have to cook on Friday nights. So we kind of took that off and then we actually have the same Sabbath meal, um, every, every time we celebrate the Sabbath. And that is literally just like a, a cheese and cracker board, with um, some jelly and some pickles and, you know, just really simple. So I don't have to spend the whole day in the kitchen and I'm just like, okay, here we go. This is our, our Sabbath and um, our Sabbath meal. And so we start off the day with that. And then not all the time, especially right now, cause we're in graduation party season, <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, you know, we often sleep in on Saturday mornings and we just, I love getting up early while everyone else is sleeping and I read, um, you know, sometimes I'll just go for a little walk. We do just really things that our family finds enjoyable. Um, and we just, we love it. Like we love just going slower. And like I said, it's not always a 24 hour thing, but the heart of it is just trying to connect with the Lord and connect with others. And I also love that in, in the book, John Mark Homer, he's all, he's also like, this isn't a legalistic set of rules. This is just hope for your everyday life and, and do what you can start somewhere. So if you can only slow down for a couple hours, just start there and see how beautiful it is. It'll make you crave more. Yeah. I love that. Right. I love the freedom. I think, um, and we actually talk about this. If you have another episode, you want to go back and listen to it's, um, uh, back in episode 164, we kind of talk some about Sabbath and, um, 
one of the things that I think it really is like God designed Sabbath, not just for the old Testament, like the concepts are still really true. Like we need rest. We need to take that space, but I love how there's not, it's not really clear anymore. You know, it must be this time to this time or it's Saturday or it's Sunday or it's whatever. It's like, we're free. I really believe to kind of look at our lives and say what makes sense. And as you said, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this legalistic thing, but put trying to put some of those patterns in, and reevaluating them from time to time and saying, is this still good or should we, should we change it um, is really, really valuable. And I love your encouragement to just maybe even start with a couple hours. If that's all that feels realistic, start and you can always expand from there. Sometimes it's better to start small and do something that's actually realistic than to kind of bite off a huge chunk that you're not going to be able to stick with. So. Yeah, because I do think that, you know, the Lord wants us to delight on a Sabbath. Yes. He doesn't <laughs> want us to be miserable or... Um, you know, thinking, well, I should be doing this and this and this. No, it's all about just delighting in, in the things that God has made. And I just think that that is, it's just so wonderful of our God to get, like, give us this gift on a regular basis. We don't have to, we don't have to wait for, you know, years or, you know, we just get to experience this. We just have to take the time to do that. Yes. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing this. We're going to share a few resources that we recommend that can help with this, but do you have any other final thoughts to share before we go into that? Um, You know, I just want to encourage people. I know that this seems completely out of the ordinary, completely um, different than what most people are used to. But even if you just implement one or two of these steps in your life, you are going to see a huge difference. And the joy of the Lord will just start popping up in brand new ways. And I just get so excited when I see that happening to my friends and the people around me. Yeah. I love that. And I love that encouragement to not like, yeah, I wouldn't even recommend trying to do all four, even all four of these things, you know, yeah, that'd be so overwhelming. Just pick one or two that most resonated with you and, and focus on that for like a month, you know, you could put a, put a note in your calendar, you know, if you want to try some other ones after that, but yeah, just picking one or two can make such, such a big difference. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. Um, let's mention a few resources and then, and then we're going to pray together. Um, okay, I'm going to mention, do you want to talk about Pray and Plan? And then I'll talk about 40 Hour. Absolutely. So I love the fact that the Pray and Plan, um, it just almost seamlessly integrated into my life, especially with these goals of being slower, of just you know, the fact that we have space for prayer, uh, reflection on scripture, um, one of the biggest time changes for me was having the, the time tracker in, in the praying plan. And I was so much more committed to getting my work done in a set amount of hours instead of letting it expand to fill that up. So the praying plan was really a tool for me to, to learn how to implement a lot of these. I love that. And for those of you that aren't familiar, Pray and Plan is our planner for Christian teachers. Um, you can check it out at teachfortheheart.com slash planner. And yeah, it does. It really is designed with a lot of these concepts in mind yes. um, to really help you. And, and I love the one thing that Sarah's mentioning is there's a spot there to actually plan your work hours to say, okay, I'm going to work from this time to this time and from this time to this time. And thus you're also planning your time when you're not at least working on work, you might work on home things, but, um, that is just so provides so much boundary and space by doing that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so yeah, teach for the heart.com slash planner. If you, we have, we are 
actually running out of them, but we still have plenty for now, <laughs> um, depending on when you listen to this. So check that out there. And then the second resource is Angela Watson's 40 hour teacher workweek club. If you've listened to this podcast long, you've heard us talk about it. It's open right now. I think it's going to be open for another week or two that you can enroll. And, um, remember we did, I think it's very key that we talked about, you have to choose space first, but there is that other side of the coin of like, you also sometimes then are like, okay, well, how do I fit my work into this smaller amount of time then? And that's what her program does such a great job of doing is helping you actually figure out how, what can I cut out of my work? How can I streamline? How can I still be a really great teacher without it taking up so much time? Um, so if you want to check that out, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash 40 hour teacher. And of course, all the links we're mentioning and links to um, this book and another article um, that's really helpful. You can find all of those at teachfortheheart.com slash 187. Sarah, would you mind praying for us before we close up? I would be honored. Lord, I just thank you so much for all the good gifts you have given us. Lord, I pray for the teacher who's listening right now that you will just inspire them to take the steps to slow, to simplify, to just celebrate a Sabbath or to spend some time alone. God, it can feel really impossible in the world we live in, but we're just going to claim the truth that with God, nothing is impossible, even slowing down. So Lord, we just, um, we claim those truths over our lives and we just pray for these educators that they will just be able to do their jobs more effectively because of how you have created this world for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, Look forward to next time. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.